right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right, we back. Episode 1616. Yay, yay. Yay, yay. All right, man. It's been a been, been a hell of a week. Um, a lot of things going on in the news in the world. Um, you know, hopefully we can add a little levity to life, but uh obviously I'm sure we'll we'll address some things uh in the meantime as well. But uh to start it out as we always do, uh to honor a athlete current or past this week number 16 who you got so i didn't have to do any research because there's only two people to me who deserve to be mentioned when we're talking about the number 16 one of them played football and one of them played a sport one of the original sports that most people don't care to understand or know but very necessary. So the first person is the latter. And it is, it comes from a sport that I took interest in in middle school and high school. It is the original sport of America. That is lacrosse, good sir. Lacrosse, Native American special. And possibly, he's probably not the greatest lacrosse player, but if you look at the statistics and you hear about the origin stories and what he did after the fact in different games, but not in lacrosse, you probably can argue that he's either the greatest athlete to ever play lacrosse or he's the greatest lacrosse player, period, because you can't name another one. The first person I'm mentioning is the great Maurice Cotman. Lacrosse number 16, Cardinal Doherty's own two-year veteran. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't no expecting Rabel. that. He ain't no Paul Rabel. He ain't no Paul Rabel. He ain't no Jim Brown. But hey, the kid did what he needed to he do. Tried. No, he did. There's no try. He <laughs> did. <laughs> One game he had over 20 ground balls. He got concussed in his very first game. His gum liner got ripped out the top of his mouth. He was actually knocked out for I don't even know how long because I couldn't count because I was dead asleep. And then got up and looked at the guy who hit him and smiled and said, that's all you got, big guy. And then jogged off to feel like nothing happened. And the guy looked like he was going to piss himself. Like, I thought I killed you and you're crazy for asking for more. That's the kind of savages we need in the world. And I want to just pat myself on the back for being arguably the greatest lacrosse player ever. And that's a real missed opportunity for me that I didn't call out my number. But I'll well played, sir. That's what I do. That's what I do, man. Like, what can I say? I, I thought about this and I was like, there's only there's only two people in my book that I need to mention. And the second one is a football player, possibly the greatest quarterback ever to play professional football. Not my favorite quarterback, but too great to really not mention. Um, he had his ups and downs. He became a champion, but he was always looked at as a guy who had all of the potential he could possibly muster. But he didn't always have it together. You know, he had a lot of things going on, especially when he was being sacked or, or ran after he wasn't fleet of foot, which is funny because his nickname has to do with feats going with footstep Shane Falco from the replacements. I, I, I can live with that one being the number 16. By far the greatest number 16 to play quarterback. That's a fact. Oh, that's, that's, that's beyond reproach. Undisputed. You got to start looking at college for other positions at that with that number. 
yeah. I I like the picks. Unconventional. Um, in a similar way, I'm picking my person more so for what they've done off uh, their playing surface than on. Um, I'm going with one Pau Gasol. Mm. A real one. Mm. Which is probably uh, not a, a pick that people would have saw coming for me as a Celtics fan. I could have gone for Sat Sanders, also a great man. But uh, I think Pau deserves some love, especially over the last year and a half, everything that he's uh, shown of his true character uh, beyond the court. So had to show some love to the – That's a great pick. Great That's a great favorite. pick. And and Pau Gasol was my favorite player in the NBA until he got traded to the Lakers, and then I immediately hopped off the Pau Gasol bandwagon. I was like, oh, I'm off this game. And he's he just have enough bandwagons there. Yeah, yeah, it's funny, right? It's like there was no bandwagon. It was just me and his family. And he actually just came back. I actually saw this on ESPN yesterday. I think he scored in his first first professional basketball game since he retired from the NBA in Spain. So he's back to playing. I think he plays for Barcelona. I think actually, and he Bar- scored in his first game back. So that's a great pick. I like that. I like what he's doing for Kobe's family, who he considers his family. And it's, it's dope, man. Like, I think that is it's awesome. It would be it would be a doper story if his brother wasn't three quarters retired but playing for his former team, you know, because <laughs> he's looking bad out there. But Powell is an excellent pick, sir. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I mean, I, likewise on your picks, um, though, I – I shouldn't have seen yours coming. Probably, maybe, maybe no, if I had no. known your number in lacrosse, I would have seen that coming. And that's not a number I would ever wear. Only reason I wore sixteen is because my favorite number is eight. So I typically go with eight or I go with eleven because then you're number one twice. But uh, it was a younger player on my team who who like looked at me like he was going to cry because he wanted eight, and I just gave it to him. So I just doubled it up and got sixteen because all the other numbers that were dope were going already. I was like, all right, whatever. I just take sixteen. Because it's not the number that makes the man. It's the man that makes the number. And when you look good, you play good. You play good, they pay good. Pay good, you live good. You live good, you die good. Mm. Mm. Leaving a good-looking corpse. Too soon, too far? Oh. Um, <laughs> spe- speaking of leaving, um, I do want to also... Your guy. Your guy. Yeah, I, I got to make a shout-out to a, a number that we've already gone through, number 11, uh, one Julian Edelman stepping away um basically he donated his body to the game of football and to the patriots which is an understatement to say that and to me it's one of the biggest tragedies when it comes to football players because unlike a lot of football players and maybe because i don't don't follow a lot of them he is arguably the greatest guy who we know is going to have cte yeah I, I don't think he ever recovered. But I think he's had CT since Cam Chancellor hit him in the Super Bowl. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's such a dope dude. Like I you you know that like you know how I feel about the Patriots and all that kind of stuff, but there are certain people in sports, no matter who they play for, that I just have a high level of respect for. And not only because of the game, not only because of their game, because their game is only a part of it, but the person that they appear to be off of the field of play and how Julian Edelman, I think, I think is the only Jewish athlete who consistently goes to a place of love to educate people after anti-Semitism or what's perceived as anti-Semitism 
instead of going straight to what feels like anger and hate. Yeah. I, I, he, he, I mean, he's definitely, I mean, there's not that many Jewish professional athletes. I mean, uh, ever. Like, I'm, retired right, or. Playing. Right. But that's what I'm saying is it, you would almost think that more would come immediately to mind. But yeah, he's, I mean, you know, and probably a lot of that is, you know, when you're playing with the Patriots or, you know, he's a little more elevated than, than say, Kevin Euclid was at the height of his career. Yeah, Amari um, Sadimar. He is he was more of a late adopter though, right? To his faith, I believe, if I recall correctly. Like he was already oh, with the true. Knicks before he like true. actually But that was like twenty ten. That was twenty ten, yeah. right? That's when Julian came in the league. Yeah. So that's the crazy thing. He's also like someone put in this prayer like you could argue Julian Edelman had because he came in in 09, but like he wasn't a go to receiver until 13. Like he basically had a six year career because he also missed half of two other years. He's one of those guys, um, you know, that we've discussed in the past that got every ounce of what they were capable of out. See, I don't know. I th- one of my issues with that statement, I don't disagree. I actually probably do agree. But we never say that about people who are big. Like, we, if, you, if you are under 6'1", if you're over 6'1", I mean, nobody ever says that except for, for Kobe. Like, nobody – we don't even say that about Michael Jordan. Don't say about Ben Wallace. Eh. I, I believe that to be the case, yeah. but who says it? Yeah, we say that about Ben Wallace. Yeah, like, people don't – they only say that about small players typically, which is kind of like – it's like a slap in the face because it's like you're not supposed to be good. And it's like – It's basically like calling him a gym rat. But, but I mean, I'm, I'm saying in his it's like when they call it, circumstance, he was also – the no, ultimate I, I don't, I don't, player, I think, is more where I was going with it. I don't disagree. He he was the only person. Well, him and Troy Brown are kind of in a, a, a class of their own. In nah, the Troy Brown's on that class. Troy no, Brown. No, but I'm, I'm saying in what they pr- offered to the team in that Edelman was above. But I'm just saying, you know, Julian Edelman came in. They were like, okay, we're going to draft you seventh round. You're also going to play a position you've never played because we can't put you at the position that you've played your entire life. And then it was like a year and a half later. It's like, okay, we need you to return balls, which I think I'm sure you've done a little bit of that. And then they were also times where they were like, uh, yeah, we need you to play defense. I, you know, we need you to be a corner. See, but the like, only- you know, and they have him throw the ball, you know, it was like, he was always that dude where it's like, okay, you go to that guy when you need the person you can rely on, which says a lot about you as a player. See, the only reason I don't think Troy, <clears throat> Troy Brown is in that category, excuse me, Troy Brown's in that category is because Troy Brown was never good. He was serviceable. We pretend like Troy Brown was good Troy Brown because he was serviceable. Troy Brown wasn't a third down guy. Like, he wasn't the guy Troy Brown wasn't a first down eight. guy. Yeah, he wasn't the guy you go to on third and eight. That's true. You know, like, so he played positions, but, okay, you were there. Julian Edelman He was excelled. also more like a very good athlete. I, I exactly. Think he, yeah. Like, Troy Brown was just an athlete that you could plug and play. Like yeah. Edelman had to do it with. I mean, obviously he's a good athlete, but like it he was had to be more skillful. hard work and skill and IQ of the game um, that that really put him over the top. Um, so yeah, he will he will certainly be missed. You know, it was not a shock given. The- what was the injury which caused him to fail his physical? Uh, the knee. The knee that's bothered him over the last couple of years. Basically, what they said even a week or so ago was 
he's never going to be able to play a full season again. Basically, they were like, he can play maybe three games in a row, and then he's going to have to take a game off at least. It was like, it's never going away. What's the difference between Julian Edelman and Kawhi Leonard? More rings. Game set match. Yeah. Yeah, Kawhi and, Leonard and, and, play, and, he doesn't I, play four I, games I, in a row. That too. That too. <laughs> I feel like it. I feel like I mean, I, trauma probably. I haven't heard Kawhi speak longer than 30 seconds, so he could have a lot of head trauma that we just don't know. That's how you can tell when people are talking. You're like, eh, those sentences don't go together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, I, but, I, think, I think the one thing that I've been saddest to see about Edelman is kind of a a state of um, the society of sports fans today, which is just he retired, and instead of – I know Pat McAfee kind of – illustrated the same point instead of it because philip rivers had the same thing you know a couple months ago when he retired instead of being like has a hell of a career it's just everyone on, on social media is like nope not a hall of famer not good guy sucked i was like mm-hmm. do you want to let it sit for a little bit i think you know obviously i'm very biased i think <laughs> and the that? I, I think julian edelman should be in the hall of fame people are like oh behind you <laughs> But say it again. Say it again. Which part? <laughs> that Julian Edelman should be where? In Canton, Ohio. <laughs> listen to listen to why I say that. One, it feels like more players are saying yes, he should be in than no. Um, but are any other, are, are any of those players wide receivers? Um, I think Jerry Rice was arguing for it a couple of years ago. A couple years ago would have mean that Julian Edelman would have played four and a half seasons instead no, of six it was and a like half. Seasons. After after the year that he won Super Bowl MVP, so what was it? He, that's yeah, two years ago. Okay, so he would have played six and a half seasons out of eleven or ten. How many seasons did he play? He came in what 2010? 2009, I think. Technically, okay, so, but he was behind Welker for like three or four years. So he played a. He's kind of like the. He, he kind of has the Kurt Schilling. No, he doesn't. No, no, no. no, no. But, no but let me tell doesn't. you why. Because if you look at his stats for regular season, they're not Hall of Fame stats. Kurt Schilling is arguably a Hall of Famer in the regular season. If you look at Kurt Schilling's stats, especially his prime years, he's arguably a Hall of Famer. So it's not a, the strongest argument, but it's arguably a Hall of Famer. Right, but I'm saying the reason that their candidacy is even being argued above all else is but the you can't, season numbers. And, I don't want to do hey, to Julian. Here, 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 okay, here's the last thing I'll say. We can move on. No, I don't want to move on because I don't want to do this to Julian, but, like, this conversation is interesting because there, there's just – there's a, the biggest trump card ever to this conversation, but I'm going to let you say what you okay. got to say before no, I throw I know, it down. I know what you're going to say. I know you're like the say big this. joker. Well, I mean, I guess there's a couple probably that you could go to. But the overall point that I'm making is this. It's not the Hall of Statistics. In what sport? It should be all sports. I believe well, what the Hall of Fame. Area. I believe what the Hall of Fame should be. There are some where it's like if you hit this number, yeah, okay, that one's a little different. But I think even in baseball or any sport, it if to making the uh, the Hall of Fame should be viewed as the museum of that sport. It if is. Not, That's what it is. Then you have to be evaluating based on impact. 
and not just numbers. Raw numbers, you know, because it's also like, especially in a game like football, so much of it is very situational. You know, third and four, you know, you need this first down to extend the game. I think it's, you know, like, you know, there's so many great receivers, but Edelman's going to be one of the guys that you think of. You know, he was uh, but one I think that made winning plays, not just big plays, which I think should matter. I, I think it should matter as well. But I think every Hall of Fame, except for the two we just mentioned, is about impact and not just numbers. But the NFL and the MLB Hall of Fame are almost only about numbers. Like that's that's just kind of it took Lin Swan 15 years to get into the Hall of Fame. And he played on a team that I believe had eight Hall of Famers, and he was one of the better of those players. Oh, also, because his yeah, numbers. Just, I mean, just to be very clear, I'm not arguing for him as like a first ballot Hall of Famer. No, no, no. But like, but like, that's that's where it's get that's that's where it gets dicey because there's an argument that the Patriots won't even retire his number. Oh yeah, well they don't retire anyone's number. But they would. They will when Tom Brady retires. I think that they will. Was greater. But I also think that they will with Ty Law eventually. I think that they will do certain I mean, things. They've already given his number out, though, so I don't know that they will. Multiple. But they, but they, but but I think I it's. A, like, it's a, I feel like teams in any sport, if you know you're gonna, like the Celtics never gave out. Well, just I'm gonna blame it on the fact that we talked about him last week. They never thought about giving out 34. Like the Red Sox haven't given out 21 since Roger Clemens retired. But the thing about that is. You, you're talking about a franchise that has never done it, like you just said. So for them, it's next guy up always. But once they start doing it, I think it's a trickle-down effect. I think that if they would have started already re- retiring people's numbers, they will hold off on letting people wear certain things. But they don't typically do it because it's that mentality of next person up. And I think that once they actually start, like oh, it's yeah. probably there'll be, probably, like, there'll be like 20 retired numbers from the dynasty. Yeah, I think they're waiting until Tom Brady really retires, and then he's going to be the first, and then they're going to just go down the line and just be do-do-do-do-do. I really think that's why they're waiting. And if, if they do that, then Edelman will get his number retired. I said there's an argument. I'm not saying he won't. I said there's an argument that they won't retire his number. Like, there's a real argument about if that. If they, you look if at they go, If they retire 10, 8, I'm trying to think of how low this number goes. If I think I it's 7. Say, 7 is the seven and a half is the. Okay, I think if they retire – seven numbers from mm-hmm. the dynasty all 20 years i think okay. edelman gets his retired i think edelman might be eight or nine but let's go down the list let's go down the list okay brady um yeah, brewski law uh, i was thinking of seymour but he I, i'd argue maybe a mm, it's close I don't. I. I would. I would go Edelman over Seymour. Okay, Gronk. I would go Edelman over Gronk. Yeah, I would. Not not in skill, but impact to the organization. Yes. What What is one thing that Julian Edelman did that had a higher? Oh, there's Chad. What is one thing that? Julian Edelman did on a higher level to impact the Patriots than Gronkowski did. One, he was there way more. That no, 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 he no, he wasn't because he was hurt and he was behind people, so he was not there way more. So don't see that's what you got. Don't you can't remember not numbers impact. 
You can't say he played more I, I years because he I didn't. The sentiment, and I think part of the other thing is the sentiment in the community is higher for Edelman than Gronkowski. And I think part of that is just going to another team. It's like Brady was there for so long, and people love Gronk, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think more fans would side with Edelman over Gronk. Not, but, not as a like who they would rather have on the field, but mm-hmm. the guy that they like more and would want retired, I think it would be Edelman. And do I, you think, think I think Patriots... the Kraft family might feel the same way. Because the other thing that you got to think about with Gronk, Gronk threatened to retire. He, you know, then he wanted, he did retire, but wanted to come back, but not with the, you know, it's like, I think there's certain things in the organization that are salty with him still probably, if I had to guess. But if Tom Brady's going to play another two years and then after Tom Brady can go down the line, that's probably what, five, six years later? I think they're going to look okay, at this so like them, both of them. Put both of them on. What are we at now? That's five. Okay, so Jules is already in. So let's see if there's anyone else. <laughs> Willie, uh, I go Willie maybe. Okay, that's six. And then what? And then you're not going to put any. You're not going to retire any lineman who helped Tom Brady not die. <laughs> um, that's wild. Actually, no. It, it'd be Vinatieri, I think. Yeah, I would go military. But I, I don't think um, – because it was like a weird split of linemen. Most of them weren't there the whole time. It was like a – well, I mean, I guess that's the same for some of those others as well. Um, but, like, none of them were ever – like, they were just a really good unit. Like, maybe the best one was Logan Mankins. But, like, they, they were – I feel like none of them were ever, like, the best linemen in the league. Just, they were a really good unit, and they were always – You can argue that about every Patriots player outside of Tom Brady. Like nobody, you can, you can, I don't think there's ever been a time when people were like, the Patriots have the best skill positions. The Patriots have the best player. Like it was like that unit is amazing. Like the only other player. I mean, you that could I can even say that who, about Tom Brady most years is like, he's probably not the most talented quarterback. He was no, no, but, most but it ain't about talent. That was about yeah. if you're better being better doesn't mean you have the most talent. That means you know what to do with the talent that you have. And Tom Brady has MVPs, right? He does. And I don't think anybody in the history of the Patriots has any solo awards, awards as that uh, will say that they were. Edelman the or Gronk may have picked up a comeback player at one point. Okay, yeah. Uh, Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. I say S awards. Oh, awards. Yeah, you can have one good game, one good season. We talk about the S thing, you know. And I, I will other- say the one the one argument that I've heard most that pisses me off the most when it comes to Edelman specifically is being like, "Oh, those postseason numbers don't matter. It was just because he was on a good team." And I was like, "They're also even with how as great as Tom Brady is, they lose a lot of playoff games without Julian Edelman." I don't know if they lose a lot of playoff games, but I because because the, the thing about Julian Edelman is, and I really bang with Julian Edelman. He was one of four players who did the exact same thing. He just happened to have done it slightly better than those other three. Like, it is slightly better because how soon we forget what Deion Branch was. How soon we forget about how great Wes was. Before those concussions, Wes Worker was a different kind of beast. Like, he was he was different. Like, he, he was on his way to possibly doing what is perceived as a potential Hall of Fame career. Like, that's what – so I think that is also – it go hand in hand but the Patriots have always been that next guy up. So I'm not sure if Julian Edelman would have, I think Julian Edelman needed to be on the Patriots more than the Patriots needed Julian Edelman. I don't think Julian Edelman would have done 
nearly anything close to what he did with the Patriots with other organizations. And that helped be the greatness for the team and is the ultimate team sport. But when you don't have any pro bowls for any positions that you've ever played, I mean, he had a one pro bowl. He was just too busy playing in the Super Bowl. He didn't make that pro bowl as a first selection, if I'm not mistaken. He may not have. But I've, and that's but the that, thing about I mean, but, I mean the other thing that I think list. with that is, is it still the same argument? You know, he had a hundred receptions and a thousand yards most of his career. But yeah, okay. people have always discounted whatever production he had because, oh, you have Tom Brady. See, but, but, but like if you're still doing all those things. But if you use that logic, then he will never make it to the Hall of Fame because people like Tory Holt aren't in. And Torrey Holt is Mr. 100 receptions, 1,000 yards. Like, there's very few people who you could put money on who would be like, yo, who getting 100 receptions, who getting 1,000 yards? Torrey Holt is in that top five. Like, yeah, he's going to do that. That's, that's locked that in. What else are we talking about? And he ain't in the Hall of Fame. So he's not even close. I think what we're coming to here is no matter what happens, the Hall of Fame is a sham for everyone. <laughs> See, I think that I think that you could put aspects of his game in the Hall of Fame, like put his cleats from the Super Bowl if they're not already in. Oh there. yeah, he um, is put, in the Hall of Fame, I'm sure. Put 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 his combine jersey in, like that'd be dope to talk about the story of him coming from Troy and been, like that could be dope. Oh, That's a dope story. Shout out to the Kent State. Yeah, my bad. It's it's, it's, it's still tough that he's not even the best player from his own school. By the way, is that a, is that a is that returner you or, or does that have to be Miami? Probably Miami. Yes, Miami. Let's say, how crazy is it that a school as small as Kent State produced Edelman and Josh Cribbs? That's not that crazy because they do the same thing. It's just that they're different sizes. They're quick, shifty dudes who have enough speed to leave you, but they're smart, intelligent players, and they know they know what they're good at, so they do that. That's like true. Josh Cribbs didn't try to truck you. He's like, eh. <laughs> I'm hitting this oh, hole. M- McAfee told a good story about a time where Josh Cribbs should have trucked him. He, he also said that Edelman was the one guy that he hated playing against the most just because he was that much more psychopathic and refused to fair catch the ball. I like how Pat McAfee is talking about playing against as if he wasn't the punter. You're not playing against anybody. All right. Well, no, he was saying he was his least favorite returner. All right, cool. Say it like that. You're not playing yeah. against anybody. Like, well, stop it. Th- I think there was one year he was like, I think he led the Colts special team in tackles. Like it was, it was the one year they were like really bad. It was right after Peyton left. Didn't Probably. Pat make a Pro Bowl that year? Uh, maybe I don't know. Didn't he retire I, after he, his Pro Bowl year? No, nah, he had a few. He had a few, I believe. I think he retired right after one of them. Um, I don't think he retired on Super Bowl week, but I don't think he was a Pro Bowl that year. He made two, the Pro Bowl twice. I don't know if there's an easy way to see. Oh, let's see. It should be on the side. Uh, God bless Wikipedia. Yeah, all pro ones, two pro bowls. The years were 2014, 2016. He retired in 2017. Hmm. I only remember that because we were watching that uh, senior year. That's the only reason I know that for a fact. Gotcha. All right. Well, Julian Edelman will be in a ring of honor for the Patriots. His jersey will be attired according to Ivan McGovern he'll and possibly Patriots according also. to me. Yeah, he'll be he'll be and he'll be close to Ohio and New England. You know, he'll be right. He'll be like right outside. 
you know. <laughs> I mean, he's already in a Hall of Fame, I'm sure, in Ohio. That's a fact. Uh, I don't know. You don't think that don't guy's know. in the Kent State Football Hall of Fame? I don't know. Not that. I don't think they have a Hall of Fame in Kent State. So. <laughs> no, 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 it's the Antonio Gates Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think they literally have a couple things named after three people on campus. I mean, let's be real. If St. Joe's has a Hall of Fame, I feel like Kent State probably does. St. Joe's doesn't have a Hall of Fame. We have they retired numbers. No, they no, we technically don't. We do, yeah. It's not a Hall of Fame. Well, there's not many people in there, but there's a bunch of people on the wall that I've never heard of. Yeah, that that's that <laughs> that is basically a flyer. It's basically a poster. <laughs> Yep, yep. Uh, he went into the Hall of Fame in 2015. You call it Hall of Fame. Nick Saban. Him and Nick Saban went in the same year. It is. I, I do not believe it's listed as Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> what is the exact title, Ivan? Kent State Athletics Hall of Fame. That's what it's called? Yeah. That sounds like a made-up thing. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. <laughs> unless Kent State... I'm on KentStateSports.com on their official website. Unless Kent State has... A crazy endowment that I just don't know about because I'm not from that state, or like they're w- more well known for other things that have nothing to do oh, with that. I athletics. take it back. Also, um, he's not the second best player. I'd probably have to give that to James Harrison. Not probably. It's James Harrison. Mm. You own Jules? Or I will go Jules because like I bangs with James Harrison heavy, but if we're talking about impacting and not numbers. Like James Harrison, I think had a better career statistically, but I don't think his impact was greater than Julian Edelman. Okay, so he, here's an interesting question: What's the better induction class, Antonio Gates and James Harrison in 2010, or Julian Edelman and Nick Saban in 15? It's got to be oh, Jules. 2010. Saban, right? Are you going 2010? 2010. Yeah. Is that a Saban thing? Well, no, Saban it's not even a. It's not even a hate because they're inducting Nick Saban for what he did throughout his career, and that's not at Kent State. That's fair. You know, like, all right, cool. Like, you did all this with all. Like, I would, I'm so petty that if I'm going to induct somebody for what they did at a different college, I'm just not going to induct you. I'll mention you. Like, maybe the ceremony be named after, like, the Nick Saban Hall of Fame, but you're not actually in it. It's a tough one. Like, if Army inducts um, Coach Krzyzewski because of what he does at Duke, I look at Army differently. I'm like, come on, dog. Like if if Michigan if if Michigan inducts Phil Martelli for being the uh, associate head coach of Michigan, I'm cool with that one because of what he did at St. Joe's. I will look at Michigan like y'all better than that, and then we went to St. Joe's. I, I would say they're better than that, but also I'm down for that one. I ain't say I wasn't going to take it. I've taken easy victories in life, but I know it wasn't earned. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the question for you. What are y'all doing with that number 10 pick? Is it 10? I thought it was 15. Yeah. No, y'all traded today. Oh, did I miss that? Yeah, you traded the Cowboys. Oh. Um, the Murray Fields. You gave them the number 15 pick and the next year's first round pick for the 10 slot. The Murmurs or Fields is the name I've heard a lot. I would love it if y'all got Justin Fields because I believe I believe in Justin Fields. I don't like all of the slander he's getting. And I believe Mac Jones is going to be maybe Chad Pennington. Which Chad Pennington is very good. We'd like to Not a three pick. Not a three pick. Not a three pick. I agree. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I and I feel like that's part of why everyone thinks that the Patriots are going fields is just how much slander is there. Is it feels like a Belichick thing? Mm-hmm. Um, every time I watched Justin Fields, I was with it. Last time we drafted a Big Ten quarterback, to things worked out. Actually, there's probably been one since, but I, I, I'm down. It's a to- it'd be a totally different thing. Um. I don't know. It, it would be a, definitely a new style for him from what I've seen because we're going like back to the 80s power run. At least that's the way that a lot of the team has been structured. But I don't think it would be too different because if you look, if you looked at any quarterback in this draft and you say which one is most like Cam Newton, it'll probably be Justin Fields. Yeah. But I feel like he's more of an elusive one, where it's like Cam's also that like I'm 260 pounds and we'll run you over. But I think Cam started running people over when he started getting hurt a lot. Like I think he was more elusive back when he was in college and when and when he start first came into the league like his first couple of years. And then he realized that they're hitting out here as if he was a linebacker, so he just started giving it back to him. Like Cam was big, but he used to be shifty. He used to do the little jukes and dive and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, like Fields to me, just feels more like Kyler. How big is Fields? He's like six two, I think. See, he's like one of those sneaky ones. That's because that's what I was just thinking. It's like somehow in my head he's like five ten. No, I remember seeing that he was actually like six four once, six three. Six, yeah, I'll three. take that guy. Works for me. Yeah, and he's like two twenty, I think too. Works. It's a hell of a catch by Bryce. Your TV's faster than mine, so thank you. Um, okay, so so Justin Fields, I like that pick for y'all. Like, I think that Justin Fields would be dope in in New England. And I think that Cam Lowkey will be a better transition quarterback than people believe his ego will let him be. Like, I think Cam would love to see another young black quarterback succeed with everybody talking smack about him like they did about him, even with the funky release with like he's a better runner. He's not as good and all that kind of stuff. I also sidebar have been looking for a Cam Newton blend jersey for forever, and I can't find one. And I really need, I might just get one made. I mean, if we're gonna do that, we got to get the Deebs jerseys too. For, for that's a given. That's, that's a given. That's a given. Come on. Um, Come but on. yeah, I'm I'm good with that one. I just don't. I mean, I can't say because you know my life as a Patriots fan, I've never really had to scour scouting reports because um, our pick is never below 28. Um, so I don't know who else might be around there. Um, it felt like for a while. You know, Kyle Pitts was going to be there. It doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. Not a chance. Not so, a chance. He's a fucking monster. Yeah. Not um, a chance. Yeah. The first couple of weeks of the year, I was like, oh, he might be there at 15. And then he just did it for the rest of the year. Um, And yeah, so he's going to be gone. Because uh, I, I just, I liked the prospect of that one just because he's another game breaker, you know, that we could have been like, all right, you're tight end, but you're also a wide receiver. And most be like, we have no wide receivers. They're all just tight ends that also run four fours. Yeah, so that's that's why I wanted that. So I don't know who else would go there. Um, I don't think like they don't need any help on the offensive line. Um, defensive line is pretty set, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so there's not that many glaring holes right now, unless there's a corner out there just with oh, Gilmore yeah. out. Um, to the best, they said that every defensive player in the entire draft will be available for you at 10, except for the middle linebacker out of Penn State, which we wouldn't have taken anyway. I'm sure, yeah. So, Patrick, um, 
I think it's Suleiman. He is he was slated to go to the Cowboys at 10, but since the Cowboys traded back, they're like, he might fall to the Eagles. And I'm like, <laughs> Cowboys don't get him and we pick him up. Dope. But every uh, besides the top two wide receivers, apparently those that that'll be open too. So like y'all literally have your pick of the litter if you don't take a quarterback. Which feels like like and that's why all this talk. It's it would be so Belichickian. Like I'm fully expecting him to just take like a defensive end or an offensive tackle because it's just like the thing. He, like he doesn't take skill positions ever. Um, but this this is a different last couple of years. Yeah, I think he's going to take Justin Fields if he's there. But but this is the thing though. What if and, Justin? And the other thing is, uh, you know, they've got connects with Ohio State and have for time. Like obviously. There was a lot of speculation about how much spend, time he was spending with Urban, even at the pro day. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like he was definitely interested. But here's the question, though. If Justin Fields is already going, do you just take any quarterback or do you go somewhere else? I go with whoever Bill Belichick wants to go with. That's a dangerous proposition. In the last few years, Bill Belichick has been on the same level as Jerry Jones with drafting and as a level nobody wants to be at. He knows better than I do. Oh, no. Actually, I take that back. I go with whoever his dog Nike wants to draft. All right. Let's switch this conversation. Now. We've been talking about these people too long. <laughs> yeah. We, we did enough um, Patriots talk. Um, to keep on the Boston fan theme, um, Derek Jeter once again will be overshadowed by Alex Rodriguez in yet another field. Um, Love which, yeah, I mean, it just feels right. You know, we're, we're I don't love balance it. in the world. I, I wanted to love it, but I can't love it because it's a weird thing to love. Nah, like I, I bang, I banged with A Rod even when he was cheating. Like I didn't care. I was like, whatever, dude. Everybody's cheating. If it was like, what did, what did Nate Diaz? All these motherfuckers on steroids. Yeah, <laughs> baseball. That's a fact. So it's like one of these things. But the reason why I can't love it is because I feel some kind of way about KJ. Yeah, I feel some kind of way about KJ. Like, I I really genuinely do, especially when there is only still one black owner in the entire NBA. Yeah, that I I wanted to like, I I love it that I can make Jeter jokes, but A-Rod in Minnesota doesn't do it for me. And it especially doesn't do it for me when I know KG wanted that so bad. It does it for me slightly more when I know that he's going to move the team to Seattle. Down with that. Apparently, that's what's happening. Like, oh, the is owner- that, that play? It makes sense because that's what I was just going to say is he needs a team in Seattle, but mm-hmm. he's doing that. I'm with and that's, that was like one of the only things that the owner, one of the reasons why this didn't happen sooner, allegedly, is because the owner didn't want to sign off on the fact that he knows it's going to happen, but he finally just bit the bullet and said, whatever, like it is what it is. It ain't going to be my team anymore. So a rod allegedly what the plan is, is that a Rod's basketball. It's going to facilitate a move from the, for the Timberwolves to go to, go to Seattle. Speaking of which, I just saw that Isaiah is not going to get another pickup. Apparently they're not going to extend the contract. Yeah. So I hope, um, I hope the Pelicans lose every game the rest of the year. Um, I hope, you, hope the Nuggets. Me. I hope the Nuggets pick him up and he balls out since Jamal Murray is out for the year. I'm with it. I'm down. Let's go. Let's go, baby. He he can give you buckets. I I have no doubt. I've I, I watched three minutes of his comeback game. I have <laughs> no actual facts to back this up. He I'm about to look up his stats. 
I'm gonna look up his stats while he was playing this year. Yeah, I trust him to get me buckets at all times. I also don't like the fact that when you search Isaiah Thomas, he's the fourth option. What? Is he? <laughs> yeah, it goes Isaiah Thomas from Detroit, of course. Well, Chicago, but Detroit. Then it goes Isaiah Thomas's son. Then it goes Isaiah Thomas, like net worth, and it's like that other Isaiah Thomas. So I'm like, that's this is a dog. All right, all right. So he played. So first game he didn't play anything, and then the second game against Atlanta, he played twenty five minutes, ten points, two assists, two rebounds, four thirteen shooting though. Then he played nineteen minutes, had eleven points before twelve shooting with three assists. Then DMP, DMP, and then the last game he played only four minutes, went one for two with two points and two rebounds. So overall. I think he played well enough to get an extension on there, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking, I mean, when you aggregate that out, he played three games, 16 minutes a game, gave you eight points. I don't, yeah. I don't think that's, that's good. Especially after not playing for as long as it's been. Yeah. That's a big um, one, you know, and, and not having played healthy in even longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's – I think someone should pick him up, whether it's Denver now that Jamal's hurt. Obviously, I'd be down if the Celtics wanted to pick him up just for a little bit more. You know, but that, that guy should be on a team. So should Jamal sure. Crawford. But Jake, uh, Jake Crossover, I think, is, is kind of toasted. My guy. Love him. Yeah, I think, I think his is more – He if, if if I woke up – if he was on a team and I woke up, and it was like, yep, Jamal had six points. I'd be like, okay. And then I woke up three days later. It's like, yep, Jamal dropped 38 off the bench again. I was like, yep, makes sense. I can't watch Jamal Crawford give me six. Like, that That just hurts my soul. It would hurt. But he, I think it's just he's he's a guy if you need, you know, just are you giving willing to give him the minutes if he's having that off night is, I guess, the, the issue, even though you know that there could be the night he gives you 38 off the bench. Uh, but I digress. So according to the little article that I didn't read, I just skimmed because, you know, it's 2021. Nobody reads um, there. They added James Nunnally, who I never heard of, who's a six, seven wing on a two way contract to help fill the void of the injuries to Josh Hart, Nicola Alexander Walker. So apparently they're just not signing Isaiah. I recognize Thomas. one name that you said there. <laughs> Josh Hart. Yep. Uh, and apparently and not, not for what he did in the NBA. Yeah. So shout out to him at Villanova crushing us, but not really. Um, so apparently from what it seems like, they're just, they're just getting rid of Isaiah Thomas to sign somebody taller because they, they put out six, seven wing on a two way life. Yeah. Didn't play any stats about the dude in the G league. None of that. He's like, nah, he's six, seven. I mean, this is basically the John Diebler story. Oh, that guy gets rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. And he did average 7.7 points a game. Isaiah Thomas and his short stint with the Pelicans. So hopefully someone saw something there. And wants that. Yeah. I hope Especially, so. Especially, he, he's the type of guy to take that pettiness too and be like, oh, you just want a guy because he's a little bit taller than me? Okay. <laughs> see in that play in round for the playoffs. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. But yeah, man, like it's, it would be dope to see him actually play for a team that's contending because the Pelicans are trash. Yep. I would love it. I would love it if, if the Nuggets signed him. I would love it if. Honestly, he'll be the only person who I wouldn't have weird emotions about signing with the Nets. 
I'm like, go ahead, dog. Ball out. Do what you gotta yeah, do. Go get that get ring. ring. Yeah, go get you a ring, dog. Like it is what it is. Even though you're not gonna beat the Sixers, but if you happen to, I'm happy you're there. By the way, I watched um, a video of Joel Embiid playing FIFA. What was this guy playing against Joel Embiid? Embiid Embiid's legit on the sticks. Embiid's dirty on the sticks, dog. <laughs> I, I, I said this uh, on Twitter once, and Sixers fans took it very much the wrong way. Which, no, you, you said I know what you're about to say because you told me that I was like, yeah, we should have taken it the wrong way, but continue. <laughs> no, I won't say it again then. No, no, uh, say it. No, say it. No, I, no. I said him going 30 and 0 in the FIFA weekend league is more impressive than anything he's done on the basketball court. Uh-huh. I, I meant it as a compliment. Uh-huh. I, maybe not have worded it as explicitly as a compliment as I intended it, but I meant it as a compliment. And every pimp who hits a woman says, I meant it as discipline, not abuse. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Did you just smack a bitch? It was discipline. Don't worry I, about that. I, then in that case, I disciplined my uh, PlayStation controllers playing the weekend league. Uh-huh. Interesting. Interesante. It, it was a rough weekend. I'm not as good as Joel Embiid. So. Uh, Embiid is Also, filled. his team is ridiculous. Because he can afford to buy packs. Yeah. No, no, not buying packs. He's buying players. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my, my B, my B. Like, he has multiple players who you can't buy on the game. Like, they're so rare that you can't buy them. And if you bought them, you somehow got them for 15 million coins each. But they're I, just so rare, they're never on the transfer market. So you can't, I can't get them. I can't wait for Joel and Beast 30 for 30 about how he went broke for playing FIFA. <laughs> What if I told you a man uh, made him and Diogo Jota, uh, who, who's a player for Liverpool, are the only two professional athletes that I know that have gone 30 and 0. That's insane. Which, which is like, I, I like, I don't like, I really, really, you know, obviously I didn't word it very well. Um, but I truly mean that as like, that is so much more difficult than people think with how many millions of people play that game every single day that he's like fitting, he's also fitting that 30 and 0 in, like just while he's in his. Uh, hotel room in San Antonio, like on a road trip. See, I think Joel is, is different, though. I think Joel isn't doing it on his leisure. I think Joel is really putting in those ground. Oh, no, hours. I do too. Uh, I but, do I, too. but I think he's doing it like on the team playing. I think he's doing it on the team. I think he, he's doing the pop up games like, yo, dog, I don't stop this. Like, what are we talking about? No, I think, over game I think you're probably right. Because I, yeah. I had the same thought with the Liverpool player um, because he streams and like they played a game. And it was like a couple hours later, he's at home on the sticks, locked in. <laughs> and I was like, uh, man, you know. I'm not mad at that life, but I like I love gaming, but. I'm looking it, forward to MLB The Show out this week. Can't wait. Oh, it comes out this week? Mm-hmm. What, uh, Friday? Uh, I, I think early access is Friday, yeah. No, Who's on the cover this year? Thursday. Uh, Tatis. Yeah, okay. Friday, yeah, Friday midnight. That might be, I mean, the show arguably is the greatest sports franchise ever. It's, like now, if you go it's by, now on all platforms, too. Mm-hmm, I know, you know, but I'm a, I'm a Sony kid. So that, well, yeah, I know, but I, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying that just gives us an advantage over those Microsoft people. <laughs> oh, how do you play this? Oh, I'll show you. Let's, let's, let's pull up. Let's pull up. <laughs> Are they going to do cross? Perfect time. <laughs> Are they going to do the cross platform like Call of Duty did? I don't know. I, 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 that I was dope. Like, that was dope that I could play. Like, I don't even care about Call of Duty, but I, I played it literally just to play with my friends on Xbox. I'm like, this is cool. I got my PlayStation, got your Xbox, we're playing the same game at the same I, time. I, I would think so. I don't know that if the matchmaking will be that random. 
or if it's like you can just friendly play you know what i mean mm. or, or if it's like if i'm just like okay i'm gonna play online like they might just be like okay it's gonna be way easier on our servers if we just match you with another playstation player but the thing is when, when i played call of duty it was it worked perfectly fine on everything so like when yeah, we I mean, did i think like, the technology is there it should work I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked if they cut some corners, but they just promote it as you can play crossplay if you're playing against <laughs> your friends. But even that'd be huge progress because it lets them play and lets us dominate them for all the years of, uh, you know, practice we've had. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, fuck them down. I'm, I'm just trying <laughs> to have a new game that I can play without getting furious at FIFA still. Because somehow the gameplay gets worse and worse. But not not to go on too far of a diatribe on uh, video games, but I'm sure we could do that at some point. Listen, man, if if my family let me play video games as much as I wanted to as a kid, we'd be rich by now. But they wouldn't be broke. outside yep. pretending to play sports and getting hurt and never making it in that and watching these 17 year olds win millions of dollars doing something I knew I was better at. But I digress. Speaking what, what of which, you talk about? Um, a, a kid just broke the all time uh, sub record on Twitch. He started a subathon 30 days ago. What the um, fuck is a subathon? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. So basically, he started it. He was like, um, for every subscription I get, the stream continues for it started at 20 seconds. Okay. He had to eventually move it down to 10 seconds. He was sleep. You know, he slept every night on his stream, everything. Every moment was there. And he just crossed the threshold. It, he's ending it tonight. Um, but he's up over 270,000 subscribers. Why do people care? Um, I'm not asking that for a season. lot of money. I really, I really don't. I mean, I mean, he's he's likable, dude. Like I'd I'd watched him before. Um, I mean, I, I I root for him. He's a kid from New Hampshire, so shout out to everyone from New Hampshire. Wait, why is he doing this again? Um. I think he started well, so he had just gone away for a little while. So part of it was like, okay, he had lost a bunch of subscribers. I don't think mm-hmm. he didn't think it was going to go this long. Like when he started, he was like, oh, I might go for like two days, because like he was already a, a really big name on the platform, mm-hmm. and then people, I think it just became almost a meme to a degree. It's like people were like, this is fun. Like <laughs> we get to control this kid's life to a degree, and he, you know, so it's he's given most of it, I believe, away to charity. Cause that's a shit ton of money. Um, but yeah, it's pretty wild that that can be something you can do now. It's like literally 30 days later and it, he could keep going, but in like, it would probably be even longer just because all those subscribers from the first couple of days are about to come up to be renewed, but it's a crazy world we live in. No, I don't live in that world. We live in two different worlds. Speaking of crazy worlds, um, do you even want to talk about the fight this weekend? Uh, the boxing match this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's more of a fight than a boxing match. But I hope it's more of a fight. That that that, that means good right. things for who I want to win. I mean, we both uh, we both want the same person to win. That's true. It, or is it more that we want the same person to win, or more that we want the same person to lose? I don't care if he loses in an emphatic way. Like I don't, I'm not in my mind. I wouldn't mind. I would feel the exact same way if Askren beats him on points and like outclasses him as yeah. I would if he just knocks him out. Like yeah, no, I would feel the same exact I way. I agree. I, I, and just justify the means kind of to a degree. 
Like I, I, I don't I don't particularly care about Ben Askren winning. I just don't want Jake Paul to win. I'm about to look up the undercard of this premier event because let's talk about every fight, even if we don't know who they are. I think that'd be okay. fun. <clears throat> okay, found it, found it. So uh, Paul versus Askren viewing information, April 17th, that Saturday, people. Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. I guess they got, they couldn't keep the all-star game for MLB, so they got the fight. Uh, it's going to be a traditional pay-per-view live stream on FITE TV. Never heard of that, but okay. Probably also streamed on Reddit. Shout out Dana White. No comment. So the first fight is Joe Fournier versus Raycon. It's a light heavyweight, and Raycon has one name, so I'm already rooting against that person, whomever yeah, that may be. go with Evan's cousin. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm, I'm right there with you. This is actually a real fight. Steve Cunningham versus Frankie Mayer. Frank Mayer? At heavyweight. It's a Frankie Mayer. Mm, this is CBS. <laughs> this is CBS. CBS Boxing has Frankie Mayer. I mean, it can't be the same one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to look it up until after we go through the whole car, and then we're going to see who the fuck Frankie Mayer is. I'm this is twin brother. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting against him. This feels like uh, the Miami Dolphins running back who changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, Just feels yeah, like no. stolen valor. Yeah, fuck that person. I'm going with Steve Cunningham because Steve Cunningham was a fucking knockout artist at Cruiserweight back when he was like actively boxing. He's probably like probably like 50 something now, but whatever. All right. Second to last fight, a.k.a. the oh, warm up. Wait, so he's like 50 now. So maybe it is Frank Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> it's Frankie Mayer, sir. We don't know how old Frankie Mayer is. I can't see the, the UFC fighter Frank Mayer. I can't see him being like, call me Frankie. I, I agree. That's why I'm like, is this the same human being? But how many people have the name Frank Mir? Right. That's my <laughs> or John Smith versus John. Or Smith. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I would feel so. I actually really like Frank Mir as a, as a fighter in his career. I would feel so fucking. Don't be googling. I even know we're waiting until not, the end not, of this car. I'm not. I would feel so fucking disrespected if CBS, one of the worldwide leaders in news. Fucked up a legend's name this poorly. Chuck Ladle. But at least I think they spelled it the same way. They just pronounced it wrong. What Randall Couture. Yeah, Randall Couture. <laughs> what? Charles Liddell. <laughs> Charles Liddell would break my heart. <laughs> okay. Conan okay, MacGyver. Next fight. Next fight. MacGyver. Uh Regis Progras versus Ivan Rekach, Junior Welterweight. Mm, that's a tough one. Is that I know. Italian? I'm going with Rekach because it sounds like he could take a punch. I mean, I guess I, I mean I have to, right? Ivan, come on. Yeah, yeah. All right. And the in the, the the fight of the night, what we all been waiting for, which is a very close fight right now. It's minus 30, 135. Jake Paul versus Ben Askren at Cruiserweight, which is funny because Cruiserweight and boxing, if I'm not mistaken, is anything between uh, 200 pounds and 220. Interesting. Cause the, so the number I was hearing from it, like interviews I saw with Ben Askren that the agreed upon weight is about 190. Mm, but Roy Jones Jr. for that 190, he was the light heavyweight champion of the world. 
The cruise weight is heavier. It could have changed. Maybe they said two hundred. Or they probably don't. Or they're using the 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 um MMA weight class thing. Where well, it's just like there is no cruisers in MMA. That's I know that's that's my point though. I think that because Ben Askren has been Askren is fighting and he's a well known name in MMA. They're probably fighting at some weight that would be in MMA, and this could be like, oh well, he never really fought at this weight, so I'm going to beat him at this weight because cruiserweight is big as shit. Like that's yeah, they are big. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, I heard 190, which would make sense because I think Ben was saying as of a couple of weeks ago he's walking around like 202. And, okay. Because I, I saw him go on Logan Paul's podcast. And then because Ben was kind of asking, like, how big do you think your brother is right now? And he was saying, like, 205, 210, mm-hmm. maybe. So it's like 190 would feel sensical. Like, in yeah. terms of their walking weight, like, you wouldn't think that you would be like, all right, cut to 202, because then neither of them are really cutting weight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they could have agreed that they had to come in. Maybe they, maybe they agreed that on, um, you know how like sometimes yeah yeah like the the agreed upon date on time i mean the weight on fight night is different than what you weigh in as it could be all right let's go see if who frankie mayor is oh yeah this is gonna be trash my fingers are so crossed that it's not the it is it is frank mayor oh man that's tough Excited to challenge himself in boxing debut. Believes a win will solidify his legacy. That is so disrespectful. You just lost your legacy by going by Frankie. He doesn't, apparently. They just fucked up. <laughs> like, nothing on here. Everything I'm searching says nothing about Frankie. It just says Frank Mirror, Frank Mirror, Frank Mirror. And he's fighting a knockout artist, you said? Yeah, that dude used to fucking starch people. Let me look up his record, Stephen Cunningham. He used to fucking starch people. Nobody would fight him. Because they were all like, nah, fuck that. And, oh, he ain't from Philly. I forgot he's from Philly. 29 wins, <laughs> nine losses, one draw. But only 13 by KO. And I think it's because people used to run. <laughs> like, I really do believe that. Because I remember when they were talking about Cruiserweight, because who was it? Roy Jones Jr. wanted to go fight at Cruiserweight, which he did like later on. But Stephen Cunningham was the champion for so long. And they were like, like nah, eh. I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait this one out. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these losses came late in his life. So like ju- just just to confirm, you said it was 135. Is that in favor of Jake, I'd assume? I'd have to yeah, assume. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's probably a little bit closer than I would have expected. I Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I saw a couple clips of Ben working with Freddie Roach, mm-hmm. who's obviously a legend in the space. He looked better. Better um, or better as in like look good because he looked terrible every time you say it pass. So it's it's a very I, I use I didn't I I use my words specifically, but I mean I think I think basically some of the coaching that they were giving him both Freddie and um you know some of the other boxers in gym was like yeah don't box him, mm-hmm. like just fight him. <laughs> yeah. Like, Molly, yeah, like you know, he can do like he can just lay on him, you know, like almost in a way, obviously in a stand up way, but like what I'd imagine a Khabib clinch to be like, mm-hmm. where it's like you're just gonna wear my weight and I know how to put my weight on you differently. So, you know, mm. just dirty box. I don't know, it'll be interesting because, like we've said, Jake's never fought. You know, he's not a boxer, but 
Jake's never fought anyone that actually truly knows how to take a punch. So this is the question for you. Ben got dropped on his head by Robbie Lawler and was there. Do you think Jake Paul, all right, what's more likely to happen? I'm going to give you two scenarios and you only can pick one. Okay. Ben Askren flatlines Jake Paul or Jake Paul gets outclassed by Ben Askren? Uh, the, the former. So I, Ben Askren flatlines Jake Paul? Yeah. I, I, I just think, you know, from a pure boxing standpoint, I don't think Ben Askren is going to outclass him. Um, I just don't think he's, you know, he's still so fresh in the game. It's like, I don't think you can expect him to outclass anyone from a pure pure boxing standpoint. You know, he's been training for what, six months, you know, Jake's been training for three years. Like, I still think the technique you would, I anticipate to be probably a little bit better on Jake's end. I just think he hasn't been in someone like no one's given him adversity yet. I think is the biggest thing. Will Jake Paul have Jorge Masvidal in his corner? Um, I don't think so. He might. I don't think so. I think it would be tacky on Jorge if he was. Jorge's been very tacky as of late. I agree. So <laughs> that's why I say I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think he will, though. I just think Masvidal's probably in his own training camp right now. He's... he's she- doesn't he have a fight booked already? Is it booked? I know they talked about it, but I, I don't know. Did they put a date out? I don't remember. Uh, let's see. Will Ben Askren have Justine Paradise in his corner? <laughs> that would be a move. That would be a move. No, yeah, the date's there. April 24th. Yeah, if, if George is there, that's a problem. <laughs> Fighting in a week, a week later. <laughs> Hey, Masvidal is there. I am betting my life savings on Kamaru Usman. <laughs> and you still won't win anything because he's going to be such a favorite. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, Ivan, thank you for betting your soul, but here's $100. Like, whoa, is it? Here's five. <laughs> Yo, that would be hilarious. Like, I, I, I need to see the odds before this fight, and I need to see him after if Jorge Masvidal is there, like I need to see how they shift. I need to just be like, okay, your head's not I'm a game for it right now. As of April, yeah, as of today, Usman is a four to one favorite, minus 400, Masvidal three Oof. to one. As Oof. Oof. If, if Masvidal shows up there, Usman seven? should go to like 750. Yeah, yeah. Especially, you know what Usman should do? If he shows up there, Usman should live stream the fight while working out. <laughs> like, he should just straight up, like, throw that shit on there like African champions. We ain't losing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, See, it makes it so up. hard. It makes it so hard for me to root for anybody who fights any of these guys because they're throwing Africa in there. I'm like, shit, I can't go against Africa, can I? It's true. <sighs> well, but Af- Ashkin did it. If he did what? My African brothers. <laughs> what if Ben Ashton comes out with the Marshawn Lynch Africa chain? <laughs> Ooh, that'd be kind of spicy. It, it's just that and Wisconsin right next to each other. 
What if what if he comes out and he and it would have been Askren wins and he shouts out all the African champions, but he only names white people. Like I want to shout out to the champion of life, Elon Musk. Shout out to my favorite Steve basketball Nash. player, Steve Nash. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yo, what you talking about, bro? Yeah, it's like just pick pick the couple of white Jamaicans. Oh my gosh! All right, so but so all right, so do we have Ben Askren winning or do we have Jake Paul winning? But we don't want that to happen. It wasn't um, really. Good. Because I can see this going so many ways. I think the odds are, are pretty fair. Um, yeah. And I think Ashburn has said it in most interviews I've seen. He's been like, mm-hmm. there's a very real chance Jake's a better boxer and he wins. I just don't think he's that good because he hasn't been tested, which is also fair. Um, if I gunned ahead, had to make a bet, I would go with Jake on points. How many rounds? 12, right? Eight. Up. Eight. Hmm, eight rounds. I don't think Ben has good cardio at all because he never works out. And Jake is also carrying a lot of steroid weight. Yeah, I said it. Steroid weight. I think that this is my prediction. If Ben, if Jake Paul doesn't knock out Ben Askren in the first three and a half rounds, Ben's going to win. I think he has to knock I, him out. I don't know I don't, if he's knocking him out. Possibly. I've also never seen Ben Askren get hit repeatedly and have to get up at 10 and take more damage because usually that's, they'll take a fight over. true. Well, yeah, the only thing is, from what I'm understanding of Ben Askren's career, he's been stunned once, and it was with Jorge Masvidal's knee. Mm-mm-mm. When he fought, um, Robbie, yeah, he was stunned he was there. there, but he was there, he was stunned, yeah. But from what he says, I guess, because that's part of what we have to go on. But, but he, you know, he was taking shots on the ground and was still there, his arm was just trapped under his body, so that was the biggest issue. Um, but yeah, he, he got hit hard there. I, I do think it's interesting that he can't take anyone down, like that's gonna be the thing he if, you know if he's getting hit he can't go to where he's best which i do think would be hysterical now that i'm thinking about it if he gets really stunned and just his fight or flight takes in and just just, just a clean double leg <laughs> see i think it'd be great if he just Starts takes him kicks. down no, yeah. he just takes him down once around just to remind him that he can do it, and then he get back to boxing. Like he keeps getting warnings, but he doesn't get disqualified just to get in his head. <laughs> like he just be like goes in. I think that would work. I think that would work. Yeah, uh, he should. He should even just show a couple shoots. Like, like not actually go for the takedown, but just like go, like kind of just. Uh, know, I don't know. Like I, he's doing it. I don't, I don't think. I'm about to say. I don't think Ben should be going low on anybody ever again after Jorge. You should don't even faint. Just be like, because eh, that's an uppercut. Wait, he's gonna put. He's gonna put Ben Askren's nose in the back of his head if he faints like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> a big nose. Oh, I ain't saying that. I ain't gonna say nothing like that. So, so all right. So who? So you got Jake Paul winning on points? That's that's final. Yeah, if I had to, if I had to bet, that's my bet. I got, I got Jake Paul winning. Within the first four rounds, knockout. 
like flatline knockout or TKO? Nah, I don't think it's gonna be flatline. I don't think Ben's gonna get flatline because Ben knows how to move his does neck ben and stuff like go that. Down or is it more just barrage on the ropes? I think he's gonna go down. I think Ben's gonna go down. He's got to get up, and I don't think he's gonna be used to getting up because when you get knocked down and you don't take at least an eight count, you get really groggy really fast. And I don't think he's had to do that because MMA fighters, once it's over, it's over. There's no chance to recover. And I think that people forget that in boxing, when you recover, you're not actually recovering. You're just taking a lot more damage. So it's all about your ability to pretend like you're not already gone. And I, we've never seen any MMA fighter have to do that. Like even when Conor Floyd, Floyd, Floyd carried him in my personal opinion, depending on who you talk to, they think that he actually contended. I don't think so. But Floyd hasn't yeah, he, I been. Think he landed a couple shots that Floyd, even if Floyd, you know, because I do think overall Floyd carried him. I think he landed a couple shots that Floyd wasn't expecting him to land. Oh, yeah, that uppercut and all that the kind of stuff. for sure. So it's like, yeah. I do think, you know, like I don't think Floyd just toyed with him the entire time. But yeah, nah. Floyd, Floyd could have ended that. Yeah. A and, few rounds earlier. And that's Connor, who until recently has never, ever, ever really been hurt badly with strikes. Like, and even when he lost to to the diamond, he wasn't hurt badly with, with upper body strikes. Right. So it's like one of those things and, where and even letting, with Floyd, like it didn't feel like he was like, like truly hurt. It was more just like the, it was the onslaught. Like it wasn't like, okay, that one really put you out. It just felt like it was like, there's no escaping this. Yeah, no, he was getting hurt. Like, but he yeah. wasn't knocked out. Like he, he was getting hurt. He would have that right there. I'm not I'm not trying to be dramatic, but that right there could have saved his life for them stepping in. Right. Because he wasn't going to go down probably. He would just kept getting hit in his yeah, head. And volume, volume, volume. Yeah. And I think that Connor is has a granite chin with that kind of stuff, but I don't think Ben has a granite chin. I think Ben just rarely has been touched cleanly because he knows how to maneuver his body well. But then when he gets touched cleanly, he does get like it's like, oh shit, like what's going on? But you almost never get that chance. So it's gonna be interesting to see because you because also if you think about MMA, usually and you are more of an aficionado with MMA than myself, but I feel like I am, I'm up there for what I like to do. MMA fighters almost never aim for anything outside of the jaw when they swing with punches. Like, it's weird. Like It's rare. And yeah. it's like, you know, and you see those select few, like, um, like what? Uh, Max Holloway. Well, yeah, Max is a great example. Um, like the real true boxers of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name? The dude from Cuba, Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira. But yeah, I was gonna say like Kamaru Usman. Like his yeah. jab in his last fight was just right on the Pain. nose. Yeah, Pain. yeah, all over. Yeah, yeah. I, th- there's a few guys that really box differently to everyone. Um, it's hard to say this name because of what Max just said to him. But like Cater, Cater's another one where it's like yeah. he uses his length, but like mm-hmm. he'll, he'll he'll hit you in the body. You know, he'll extend yeah. a couple shots to the body. He'll go for your temple. Calm, do calm Francis is starting to do it now, which is a problem for people. Yeah, um, and, I, and I think that that's something Ben's going to have to do. Like, how does he react when he gets hit in his temple? How does he react when he gets hit in his nose? How does he react when he gets hit in his ear? And that throws your equilibrium off because MMA fighters almost never have to deal with that. Right, because the other thing that you can do is just shoot. Yeah. Especially someone of Ben's background is you're trained. Okay, take a leg, throw him up against the cage, recover. Mm-hmm. Ain't no doing that this time. So you're I need to. I need a to, way to stand there. I need to take back what I said. Male MMA fighters typically only go for the jaw. Females be swinging. They be <laughs> forehead, eye. Joanna. Oh, oh my gosh. Joanna Rose. Uh, yeah, Whaley. Like, maybe. Like, yeah. I'm painting Tom your face. 
Yeah. Like, I'm like, ooh, you don't look the same. You look like a balloon animal. Like, after they get done fighting one of those women, you look like a balloon animal. I mean, Joanna looked like a balloon animal in her last Watch your mouth, all right? Hey, so, you know, that's, that's all the I'm, woman. Just saying, I'm just saying the hematoma was not looking. That's the boogie woman. So, all right. So, final final question about fighting. If... And with Rough and Rowdy back next week. Can't wait. Oh, I didn't know that. Thanks for letting me know. I did not know that. We need to we should We should stream it. We should, we should podcast while watching it. I'm down. I'm yeah. dead serious. Let's do that. I think they have like a former. Uh, yeah, we can talk about it. We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. So, question for you: If Ben Askren gets starched, what happens with Jake Paul next? <laughs> it's a it's a scenario that I don't really want to think about, but we I'm have to say Connor's name. That's a fact. Okay. Um, trying to think of other names. He's gonna want a fighter. I don't know what fighter will want to do it. I don't know. Like, this makes sense. So much I got a fighter. Do you? Mm-hmm. It has to be someone that can strike. Mm-hmm. Not a boxer, but a fighter. That's what I got. Yeah, because I don't think he's going to want to fight a boxer because that would be really bad for him. Even his delusions of grandeur, I don't think, are that great. He'll be really bad for him before the real boxer. But the thing is, like, he he always – he's going to call out, like, Connor. He'll call out Poirier because they're smaller than him. Mm-hmm. Um, Poirier's not that much smaller when he's not he's cutting not, weight. He's not, but – He's a big dude. <laughs> who do you got? You ready? Yeah. Stop the motherfucker, Nick okay. Diaz. Nick? Nick. Nick, he refuses to fight in the UFC. He's been sitting back. He got a jaw, a granite jaw. So say that's why that Dana, because Ben's still under UFC contract, but like he's of no mm-hmm. value to the UFC unless he does something like this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm going Nick Stockton, motherfuckers. I'm going Nick Diaz because he's going to call out Connor. Nate's going to fill us in, but Nate's already got a fight, and then Nick's going to be like, "I'm not suspended anymore. I'm good on all I, of I this." They're not training. And yeah, and they're not drug testing that guy for steroids, so you're not going to test me for weed. We're going in. Let's do it. I'm with it. Nick Diaz calling it now. It's going to come out of nowhere. Nobody's going to see it coming. That'd be so ugly. Those slaps. Right? (laughs) Those would be the slaps of the entire, like, society. (laughs) Those would be social slaps, not just Stockton slaps. Dude, Nick gonna come in with one glove like the original UFC one. Like, no, I'm not gonna punch with this. I'm just slapping, slapping the shit out of him. Open hand, open hand, open hand. You can take my fingers together. Front hand, back hand. Uh, I got Nick Diaz, man. I'm calling it now. It's gonna come out of nowhere. The other name that I'm thinking of, and and I think Jake would never want to fight someone this big, but just from a shit talking standpoint, and I don't think it makes sense in his career either. either, I think Darren Till will be down. Yeah, I think Darren Till would be down. He'd for be sure. down with the shit talk. He he's already talked shit about Jake Paul and Ben Askren in this whole thing. Like it, it feels like something he would do, and that would be the correct weight class. So it's like, yeah, don't call out, you know, Mike Perry or whoever else. Poor Mike Perry. Um, but like he should be fighting someone Darren Till size. That's his size. I'm down for that. Darren Till? No, you do oh, not. I'm down. I'm down for that. I'll everybody be behind Darren Till. Like Darren yeah. Till have the biggest fan base of his career. I'm like, oh my God, Darren Till, let's go. Let's go, Darren. Yeah, because just think about the he just be like, raw dog, dear girl. Raw dog, raw dog. He's gonna bring it all back. <laughs> He's gonna bring it all back. He's gonna go all in on all the shit he does on social media. 
that would be good. But yeah, Nick Diaz, is, uh, I'd be down. Either one of those, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'll it's buy my be, ticket. It's going to be legendary. I cut it now. I will buy that pay per view either one. I will too. And, and saying that makes me want to see Ben Askren get stars. And I don't really want to see that, but I'm gonna like, if I get Nick out of it or even Nate. Uh, sorry, Ben, you're a sacrificial lamb. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, that's the funny thing is he wants to fight Connor, which is like, I don't think you want to do that, even though you're bigger. It's like, there's certain people when, when it comes to striking, like, yeah, Ben Askren makes sense because you're boxing a fighter. Mm-hmm. He's never been able to throw a competent strike that we've ever seen in competition. You know what would be dope, too? A dark horse because he's not a striker either, but he's a fighter. Joel Romero. Mm-mm. I thought about Yoel, but nah, Yoel looks too godly. Like he looks like he's gonna win. DC. DC, because DC is not a striker, but he knocked I think out. He would piece him up in boxing too. I do too. And, and he doesn't look like he's got that dad bod. He's been retired. He's in his 40s. Yeah, it, but, it feels like it makes sense for DC to talk shit about or for Jake to talk shit about him. DC mm-hmm. gets to be the WWE heel he always wanted to be. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then you got Max Holloway training him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That could be the one thing John Jones comes in to help train DC. Be like, shut this guy uh, up. <laughs> is that John Jones in the cage? <laughs> yeah. just, just imagine that DC coming out. Who's his corner? John Jones, Max Holloway, Rumble Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve Bates is coming. Man. Yeah, he brings <laughs> Nick and Nate just to talk shit. Just to say shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And then Big John has to be the ref just because. Just off GP. Yeah. Yeah. Just been. off GP. I I'd, I'd also ooh, so here here's a name. Would you want this to happen or no? And I can see the argument for both. The GOAT. GSP? Yeah. Fighting Jake Paul. Nah, I hold GSP like has GSP is, is that much above. I, and, that's and, has, and he's so classy that I don't think that he would want to, to give somebody down. like, yeah. yeah, I think that he, I think GSP respects the art so much that he looks at people in disgust, even though he might never say it out loud because he's a Canadian and they're too nice. But I think he looks at people like, I would never fight you. Like, I think that I really believe that he looks at certain people like, I would never fight you. Like, I'm not going to degrade the sport by fighting you. I think that's fair. Um, but he is a karate master, which could be awesome. <laughs> right. Because I was going to say Robert Whitaker could be another fun one. But I think he's I, also in that class of like, he'd be like, I don't I don't feel like doing yeah. dealing with your shit. Yeah, we got to have people who Izzy? Izzy, Izzy would 100% do it. He would never call Izzy out. He would never. Yeah, he knows never better. call he Izzy knows out. Never. Like, ne- like, not even close. They, they, call- they, they saw each other. I saw a clip. They ran into each other in a hotel. And he was like fanboying over Izzy. Yeah. So he would ne- he would never go that down. Yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of GSP, um, quickly to run through Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode four. Dun, dun, dun. Probably the Probably? maybe the most violent scene in the MCU's history. It's up there. That is one hundred. The only ones that to me are even in contention are ones where there still wasn't any blood, and they're just yeah, like. I was say the only one on that level to me is Bucky killing Tony's parents. Where you so, see, where you see him like looking in the camera while he's choking her out, and like. But it was so fast. I think that it was almost like mercy. 
Like it was like like where this was just like dog. What do you mean four times? <laughs> it's just like yeah. And, and it was like it was the dude that we all should have seen coming because yeah. they let him do a little expose about how he was a Captain America fan. Yeah, and he's the only one who looked at the leader sideways like, "Yo, we still doing this?" And it's just like, "Oh, you're about to be expendable. <laughs> like you don't fit the plan." Yeah, I, I thought this was uh, definitely probably the best episode in terms of all aspects. It was, um. I, I, we learned that Sebastian Stan is an elite level actor with just his eyes. <laughs> He's a new Michael B. Jordan, just a face actor. <laughs> I mean, there was multiple moments. There was uh, like just his ability to depict that raw motion without saying a single word, which I think mm-hmm. is something that's so underrated when you look at uh, performers. Um, but the opening scene where he's finally, so we think, totally free. Um of his trigger words from before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when they, when uh, IO just clips that arm off the, the look of uh, betrayal or realization that they never really were all in on trusting him. Like that heartbreak for him was, was pretty impressive to see uh, acted out. Uh, I like, I like what they said though. Like I, I was looking at some recaps yeah. after, and they were talking about how that scene is supposed to correlate with when in Civil War, when Tony Stark said, leave the shield. My dad made that shield. You don't deserve that shield. And it just drops to the ground. And it's, and, it's a, and it's a combination of two characters who have appreciation and care for each other now showing that there is a disdain between the two. And that was like the same thing with that, like with the arm dropping literally the same exact way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um you know, it was that relationship of like, you know, she knows more than anyone what he went through. I'm sure in that plight. And it's like, man, you really still. You just showed me that it was, you know, all kind of a little bit of a lie. Do you do you think that Oh, and we're talking about the uh, Dora Milaje? Do you think that when that happened? It was because they were in battle or do you think that was solely just to make a statement i i I saw that question a couple times um i think a little bit more of a statement Mm. because i agree the dormilaje are badasses um like you know you even had that moment of sam telling walkers like hey you might want to fight with bucky before you deal with these ones Mm -hmm. um because i i I think they would have known bucky wouldn't have ever tried to really do serious harm to them he was mostly trying to be a peace peacemaker so it seemed um so i i think that was more of like a hey remember whose side you're on remember who's you know got you where you need to be Mm. you know I, i feel like it was a little bit of that i was like if you're going to start fighting me, you don't deserve this. You know, so kind of very similar to that Iron Man, you know, my dad made that shield type of line. Um, so, you know, I, I think it was more of a message. I mean, it helps de-escalate him as a fighter for sure. Um, so it's like, do I think that they would have done that in a time if they didn't feel he needed to be shown that? Um, but I, I think it was definitely a message. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that, I mean, if they wanted to, they could have killed everybody in their room. I think that was very evident. <laughs> and it was just like, uh, we're going to. Also, sidebar, I don't like 
or I shouldn't say I don't like, I don't know how I feel about how often Sam is without his suit because for two reasons, when he puts the suit on, it feels goofier than when he's just roaming the streets as just Sam to a certain extent, because yeah. it, just, it just looks like such a superhero as thing. It's the goggles. It's the goggles. I, th- yeah, I think you're right. It's the goggles. If but he then- had something like Star, like so, I, I heard this. If he had something like Star Lord, where he could just kind of tap it and the goggles mm-hmm. appear, it would look way cooler. I, I I think I'm right there with you. And then the second part is, I'm not sure how I feel about how the most exposed character this entire series has been Sam emotionally mixed with how vulnerable he is when it comes to him, his life and death because he has nothing as a barricade. Everybody else has a barricade. Um, I mean, come on, man. Bucky is Bucky. <laughs> it is what it is. Captain America, at least before, spoiler alert, before he took the serum, had the shield and he had the government behind him. Uh, uh, like, other characters who are also human have millions of dollars. <laughs> so it's just like, Sam is just out here, like, living. Up, uh, you know, with the loan thing, even in the first episode, like, how do you mm-hmm. get by on good faith? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, so I, I'm, I'm struggling with that aspect of it, but I, I like how he is literally the only human left in, in out of that group because you can argue that nobody is no longer human except for him. Because even the people who technically still are, are like twisted and, and, Zemo, yeah. Yeah, you know, like he lost his human side a long time ago. That's interesting one. Yeah, it's uh, it was pretty, but I, you know, and you see in many ways he is the only one that still has that full human side. You know, you saw that in the conversation that he had at the funeral um, with Carly, and it was like it felt very much like the. You know, what I was thinking of was obviously because it's part of what this show is about is thinking about what the ideals of that Captain America uh, mantle are, but kind mm-hmm. of the, the conversation that Steve Rogers has in the first Captain America movie um, when Dr. Erskine's like, why do you want to go to war? Like, do you want to just kill Nazis? And he's like, no, nah, I just don't like bullies. And I was like, that felt like what Sam was trying to say. He's like, hey, I'm with you. I get it. You just can't do it like this. Because now you're, you know, turning into the bully. You know, the other thing that I think was kind of interesting in this um, episode to think about was like, you know, I, I think it was kind of building it was over the last few episodes. But it was like, who's the bad guy? You know what I mean? Like, there's, depending on your perspective, there's so many bad guys. To me, the bad guy from the beginning was, not from the beginning, from the second or third episode was kind of clear to me. Walker? Mm-mm. It's America. Yeah, okay. So that that was going to be the next one I went with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's kind of where I landed on. Um, you saw in the conversation of what Sarah, uh, Sam's sister said, said, my world doesn't matter to America. Why should I care who their mascot is? And mm-hmm. if you, you believe one thing, no, my brother's not working for him. Um, and, I mean, yeah, America was the villain for making Sam turn over the shield and then immediately handing it over to someone else. You know, it felt like someone put the perspective that John Walker is uh, white privilege, the character. Batman? (laughs) (laughs) But we already had white privilege. (laughs) Not not quite that, but it was like, okay, Sam worked his entire life to earn this mantelpiece and they just handed it to this guy. Or, you know, they have like the HBCU band playing for his like uh, thing or it's like, 
his buddy who he always goes for um or goes to for you know reassurance you know black kid you know it's like every you know uh mixed wife i believe she was you know it's like you know it felt like he was basically just profiting but um advancing himself through the support of minorities um, yeah, but also viewing it as the entitlement of himself that he earns that um you know the and entitlement that he, that he showed right and yeah the white man's burden uh that mm-hmm. he has with that for sure yeah because even you see when he goes crazy at the end and it's just and it's over his black partner just like oh, i gotta do this now like i have no other choice and it becomes like and, and i think it leaves the viewer in this weird position like am i happy that he defended his friend who happens to be a minority or do i look at this like you're using as an excuse to be a reckless white guy with power like so many things happen and and then speaking to america again we can't even forget about agent carter or the former agent carter like dirty like it's just like come on the best meme i saw about her was um it was a scene from two and a half men Mm -hmm. which is a weird call but it's very fitting and it's uh, Charlie and Alan sitting at the table. And Alan's like, I feel like I'm forgetting something. And Charlie's like, if you don't remember what it is, clearly it wasn't important. And it's just, and then it cuts to Alan's son, like just standing there in the rain waiting to be picked up from school. And it was like, yeah, that's Sharon. They're like, all right, we got Sam. We got Bucky. We got Steve. We're good. Uh, no, we got Zemo. <laughs> we got Zemo. Yeah, it's um, like, but yeah, no, it was, it, and I think this episode above all else was supposed to be like the very explicit, like, this is how different this guy is from Steve Rogers. Even when the Dormelage pieces him up, you know, his reaction is they weren't even super soldiers. Yeah. Like, that's where Steve Rogers would have gotten up and been like, I can do this all day. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'll keep doing it. Like, I don't, you know, is that not knowing how to give up but for the right reasons? Um, I also just loved the moment it, it, <laughs> where he's just getting pieced up and Bucky goes looking good or looking strong John <laughs> I lost it at that yeah, this episode was was the truth man this is was this episode four four I, yeah, I saw four. I saw a trailer for what's remaining in the series not it didn't give anything away it's more of uh, a hype video um but it looks like there will be a confrontation coming as expected between John saying to Basically, the, the audio that they use is him being like, you don't want to do this to Bucky and Sam. And they're like, no, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, and I think it was also to illustrate the person that Sam is, that he can have that de-escalating conversation f- from an uh, empathetic standpoint. Um, even what Zemo says to him saying, if you were offered the serum, would you take it? And he's like, nope. How do you feel about Sam being too good for everybody? Um, I mean, I think that's what they're trying to pick. That's why I need a little more with his sister. And I think that's coming. Um, it looks like, because I think that's the one person that there's a certain feeling of neglect, um, where it's like, you know, I get you're a superhero or, you know, a hero. I, I guess you're not super, um, <laughs> cause you don't have the serum, but it's like, take care of your people, you know, you know, and it feels like, yeah, and, and obviously, I think that's the one thing that he does struggle with, I'm sure, like any rational person would, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, family versus job. Um, you know, and I, th- I think he, they're trying to just be like, his heart's in the right place. 
but there's still flaws in that. And that's why I think, you know, because she hasn't been there for a while, I feel like that's part of why, you know, she made sense to fit in in this episode with the Carly conversation. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, where even Carly was like, why aren't you helping your family? And he's hmm. like, my sister's waiting for that answer, too. Hmm. So it, it was a pretty cool one. It's going to be an interesting last couple episodes. It seems like the big rumors are that there's a major cameo in the next episode. From what I heard, not someone that's been in the MCU before. Um, I'm not sure what that means. That could be like the same type of thing as the misdirection that kind of happened with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But it seems like that's happening. Uh, episodes are getting longer. It looks like they're like an hour each the rest of the way. Um, kind of like crazy. how WandaVision ended. That's crazy that Wolverine's going to be on the next episode. That's insane. Yeah, that, that's what I was wondering is if uh, they're mixing that in. Well, we'll see. It, you know, I'm, I'm just curious to see what they do from here because this is always, this was always what I was looking forward to way more than WandaVision. This was more oh, yeah, for my, sure. my, my set of characters. Um, you know, I, I always preferred the Captain America movie. Listen, man, if they, if they really want to take this gritty thing to that next level because every episode has been more gritty, fuck it, man. Deadpool, where you at, baby? Come on, let's just, just give you we'll give you one scene where you just fucking shit up, and then you just walk away. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember. So this is I'm also remembering. This is like six months after Endgame, so I'm trying mm-hmm. to think like, what are people up to? You know, I, I thought one interesting thing was like I, I saw one theory was like the power broker is just old cap. <laughs> That'd be kind of wild. <laughs> that would be funny. He's like, nah, y'all were fucking up the whole time. I decided to have a little fun. Hmm. I don't think. It I mean, be. I'm curious to see who the power broker is, though. Um, I think it's sure. I th- I thought so as well. But I hope it's not that obvious. That's what I think it's sure, right. but I hope I'm wrong. So she, because that was one thing I was listening for when I walked back, because she said she was like, something blah, blah blah. The power broker, he is upset about this or that. Hmm. And I was like, okay, either that's a misdirection completely. Cause I, I feel like a lot of people were like, oh, it must be Sharon. Cause she's way smarter than probably half these crooks in this. And she has a lot of money from that apartment. Yeah. yeah. And I also love it. It, it was just like, so people like just casually like, yeah, I got a, I got a satellite or two. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody, and everybody's nothing, made, nothing big. <laughs> yeah, everybody's brushing off like, oh, good looking. It's like, you're not like she's quite, still like, with the CIA, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like somebody said, if I was like, yo, Ivan, I got beef on these Texas streets, bring your rocket launcher. That's like, that's like wait, why do you have a rocket? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, all right, cool. We'll like, nobody's going to access why there's a how rocket many, launcher. How many rockets you need? Only two. No, light work. Light work. Uh, two dozen, I got you, yeah. Cool, my man. But like, that's, that kind of stuff is weird. So part of me hopes that I'm, no, a lot of me hopes that I'm completely wrong and I don't see who the power broker is. Um and then the other part of me is like, I hope they don't ruin that aspect of it. Like, I'm, I will honestly actually be okay if we never figured out who the power broker was. That that's Deadpool's role is he's the power broker, just causing. Chaos. <laughs> I actually thought about something like that. I was like, what if the power broker was just basically one of the uh, like lieutenant, some shield or something, just that's, because that's, you- that's kind of what I thought. Like um, Ross or whatever his name is, or you know. It's like anyone that was part of that press conference with the new Captain America, um, mm-hmm. the Cap Cap, 
as as I heard him called. Cat which cat. I, I like. Um, <laughs> the cat cat. Yeah, they're all me. sketchy. They're all sketchy. So. Super sketchy. Part part of me wishes. Part of me hopes. <laughs> I hope this doesn't happen either. But I will be so. Everybody would hate it, but like for me. I would love it if the last episode we find out the power broker like in the last ten minutes. It's just Loki, oh. and then it goes right into Loki. See, yeah, that that's the other thing because, but it was like it would that would have made sense. I guess it would have been more predictable if they had done because I think people were like, "Where was Doctor Strange in the whole Wandavision thing?" Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be I'd be down with that. I feel like I want it to be someone fresh though because I feel like it's just like it feels like fan servicey. When like uh, I mean I guess a lot of these shows are fan service, you know, at the end of the day, but it's like this one's been pretty gritty. Like I feel like you can't be like, huh, gotcha, it's Loki. You know I mean? like, like I feel like that just wouldn't hit right. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha, bitch. I'm trying to think who who is a wealthy person in the MCU who we haven't seen yet though. Um. Or who could become wealthy through magic and shit like that. See, that's the part that I'm trying to think about. And I feel like it's going to be a recycled person just because they need, in my mind, I hope I'm, once again, hope I'm wrong, but I feel like they need to have fans call back to something that they already know in order to sell what the next thing is. Yeah, that, that's why I think my my favorite would be Ross. Like someone from the U.S. government that was kind of always a little shady. He was, cause he was the one that was like arrest captain America, mm-hmm. you know, in infinity war. It's like, yeah, hey, maybe now's not the time. Um, yeah. So that one wouldn't shock me. M- maybe, I wouldn't uh, like this one. I wouldn't like machine this machine made off with uh, some of Tony's money. I can dig it. I, I wouldn't like this one, but I feel like it's an obvious one that we're just not thinking about. It's probably going to fucking be GSP. Yeah. I mean, I, I was wondering, I was like, how do you get GSP and then he's gone? I mean, I guess it's it's gone. It, it made sense when he was there and then gone uh, in a movie. Mm-hmm. Not, But in a show, it's like he's there for the first two and a half minutes and he's gone. And, and, and I heard that he's in the show more than one episode. Yeah, because otherwise you would have just created a new villain. Yeah. Like you, you, there was no need to pull back to an, an old Captain America uh, villain, and even Ooh. calling him a villain is like putting a little extra credit because he was like an adversary for he was, a, he was an antagonist. Yeah, but like he wasn't even like for the full plot of the story. It's like an antagonist for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he was the protagonist. Yeah, yeah, that was really it. Like, <laughs> they even rolled like the opening credits yet. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they did it with opening credits. <laughs> he, he was... no, they had because they had gone on the run. Then they did the opening credits. No, but this is this is funnier. This, this yeah. narrative is funnier. Damn, GSP was the equivalent of the dancing raisins. <laughs> like he didn't even get in the movie. It's just like, all right, turn your cell phones off. GSP. Okay, now I'm with the movie. Like, but you, you know, it will be a great plot twist, which is also predictable. So I'm hoping I'm wrong, but it will make sense to me if it's Samuel. Ooh. If he's just pulling the strings just to show the flaws in the government system because now, of I could, I could see failed. why he'd also be pretty pissed about losing super serum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and he also, because everything that was coming down with the accords and all of that, he kind of is also like in the in the heat light, like like your dog. This is supposed to be the group that you what the fuck is going on? 
So like I can see all that in the blip. Pretty invested in probably the history of Captain America at this point. Yeah, yeah. I would the not other, be the other one I I had seen thrown out was like the AI for Zoa, hmm. which could be interesting. I don't want any AI anymore. Like Tony's gone. All right, let's let's go somewhere else with this. Yeah, I, I'm with it. Samuel L will be a pretty pretty dope one. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah, I mean, you, you could, they could have. They could be like, "Hey, we're not going to ask you to do the whole series. Just come for like an episode and a half." Yeah, I, I hope. I hope at the end of all of this MCU stuff that is revealed that Samuel has never been in any of it. He shot everything in one year's time with him being with MCU from the original, right? And they just keep using clips that didn't make the movies. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go slide Samuel here. Like, uh, I guess we can use this half of a sentence of dialogue here. We'll just have to interrupt him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll use the back of his head yeah. with the eye patch. They don't know it was him. Yeah, they could have. Uh, actually, no. I was gonna say you could have pretty much any black guy stand in for the back of his head, but I don't think you could. Nah. I feel like you'd be like, that's not him. That's not Sam. Yeah. Ooh. I'm just thinking about rich guys. Bruce Wayne. No. The murder. Professor X. Professor X. Work. Don't just don't rich guys out there. <laughs> Elon Musk. He makes his dramatic return to the MCU for the first time since Iron Man 2. Nah, Elon Musk got to be in a new Black Panther because it's in Africa. True. It just has to be that way. Their South African ambassador. No, he's a, they just don't listen to him. Yeah. Like, we are in Wakanda. You're talking about going to Mars. <laughs> your money is no good here your money is no good here elon <laughs> they wouldn't even change his name elon no <laughs> start calling him by his kid's name oh my gosh all right so all right next episode this friday who dies i'm just gonna say somebody's gonna die who's gonna be uh who dies who dies mm-hmm. harder than, than it seems all right it is. Um, I'll go bold. I think Carly does. I'm I'm a second you on that. I'm a second you on that because I think that she's going to be made out to be a martyr than an actual villain that's going to continue to go through the MCU. Like I think that I think she's going to die. I think she's going to go on a suicide mission probably because her homie just got murked in front of everybody, and I think she's going to be okay with that. And, and I, I think, think I think it'll be also the catalyst where sh- it'll make Sam and Bucky really, you know, make their heel turn to the the establishment a little bit more. Um, because I think she'll be made out to be a villain by Walker, the government. And that's where they're really going to snap and be like, no, fucking done with this. And that's that's the evolution of them taking the shield back and moving on. Ooh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get that opportunity at all. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Carly goes after Cat Cat and he ends up killing her. So they don't even have to make that decision. But they but now they can't turn against the government because they got to get rid of the Cat Cat. So like they automatically become a, another symbol of of U.S. freedom and liberation just by default. Uh, I don't. Ooh. I, I feel like that would be a tough turn for them. But hey, it's possible. And we got to get back to Louisiana. So get some good gumbo, get some crawfish, 
some crawdaddies in there. I think I think that the next episode I'm going to go Carly with you, and I think that next episode, instead of go, waiting to the last episode, we're going to see who the new Captain America is really going to be. Um, those are my bold predictions. Okay. So, and you mean like they will have the shield? They will have the shield, and they will be proclaimed the new Captain America. Maybe not by the government, but by the show, it'll be proclaimed by that. Because I think that I think get the that title music setting, playing. Got it. Yeah, I think that they're setting up the end to be more about the power broker than the um, what is it? The flag? What is it? Flag smashers. Flag smashers. Yeah. yeah I honestly, think I, like the more I watch, I'm like. Again, kind of the same thing. It's like, I don't like the way you're doing it. I get it. Yeah. Like, like, so, yeah. like, like, like even kind of from like, I feel like episode two, I feel like, and I think that was obviously very intended because they're very good at writing these shows where they mm-hmm. want you to be like, kind of team flag smashers here. Yeah. yeah so I, I think that they're going to humanize them more with Carly dying, which is going to then redirect people to getting rid of Cat Cat. And really show who the true enemy is besides America, because we know that's the true enemy. But the um the power broker. I I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm excited. I'm excited to to check it out. Um yeah, two episodes left. Hopefully I I, I have high hopes. I have high hopes, which I hope are not misplaced. I don't think they are though. I, I feel I feel like my expectations have been met pretty pretty uh easily by the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. All right, so that's episode 16. Yeah. Um, find you a Pau Gasol in your life uh, today, tomorrow, yeah. every I'll day. Before soul coming. in your life. Interesting. 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 Find you a real one. Find, find you someone that'll be there for not just you, but also your family if shit hits the fan. That's it. We out. Yeah. Back to the black Snoop Doggy Dog Monkey yeah, at the, the, the dock Went solo on that ass, but it's still the same Long Beach is the spot where I serve my cane Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me But don't lose your grip Nine trips ain't the year for me to fuck up shit So I ain't holding nothing back And motherfucker, I got five on the 20s track It's like that, and as a matter of fact What's a touch, touch? Cause I never hesitate to put a nigga on his back Yeah, so keep out the manuscript You see that it's a must we drop gangsta What's the motherfucking shit? name? To the wild, creeping and crawling, yiggy yes yo, then Snoop Doggy Dog in the motherfucking house like every day. Dropping shit with my nigga, Mr. Dr. Drake. Like I said, niggas can't fuck with this. And niggas can't fuck with that. Shit that I drop, cause you know it don't stop. Mr. 187 on the motherfucking top. Tick tock, now what I got, just some nuts in the clock. Robbing motherfuckers, and I kill them blood cops. And I step through the fog, and I creep through the small, cause I'm Snoop Doggy, 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 oh.
hands in the motherfucking air And wave the motherfuckers like you just don't care Yeah, roll up the dank and pull the drink and watch your stank Cause doggies on the gang, my bank rolls on swole My shit's on hit legit, now I'm on parole Stroke, with the dog pound right behind me And up in your bitch is where you might find me Laying that, playing that Jeep thing She want the nigga with the biggest nuts Then guess what? It's I and I am him, slim with the tilted brim. What's my motherfucking name?